Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. NFL Trend Zone. I am Dustin Baker here with Wes Johnson and Jason Bowen for this week five edition. Cody Spears is off tonight, but what we are going to do is walk through pretender teams that are have a good record. So pretending good teams and contender bad teams. So think of it this way: teams that are two and two or one and three that can still be playoff contenders, and then teams that are perhaps three and one or two and two with momentum that you or our panel doesn't believe in. That is on the docket, and what we will chat about for the next thirty-five minutes or so. First, though, betonline.ag is our sponsor, and football is indeed back. BetOnline is your number one source uh, for all information on sports wagering with all of the up-to-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from NFL, college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to college, the college football playoff and the Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests anywhere available online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and get in on all of the action. Remember to use this promo code BLEAV, believe, BLEAV, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is also known as free money. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is the Trend Zone, and we are talking about some of these uh, pretending bad teams and contending good uh bad or wait did i screw that up i think i screwed <laughs> that up all right we are talking about bad teams that are actually contenders for the postseason and then teams with good records that are pretenders uh yes totally messed that up but now we're back on track uh and we're gonna we're probably gonna overlap a little bit um and but we'll go back and forth and discuss some of these teams because we have about one quarter. Used, this used to be the one quarter mark of the season, and I bet you coaches still consider it as such. Uh, but let's start with West. You can either give me a pretender team that has a decent record or the opposite. What are you going to start out with? I will start out with the pretender team. Okay. Uh, as of right now, it's a little slim pickings to uh, pigeonhole a pretender team, but I will try my best, and I will start with the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Okay, uh, they have a three and one record, and uh, they currently sit second place in the NFC West. Um, they've lost one home game already this year to the Rams. I think the Rams, uh, once they get Cooper Cup back, could surprise some people and sneak into the back end of the playoffs. Um, in order to do so, they will have to overtake uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. They they seem to have all the offensive weapons. Um, their defense looks young and rejuvenated. Um, I don't know what's holding me back on them, but mm-hmm. I have them as a team that I don't necessarily know if they're going to be uh, be there come January. That exact couple sentences you said you don't know what it is i feel the exact same way about my first team and that's the eagles 
Now, I will preface this and say that I don't think that the <laughs> Eagles are frauds or they're not worthy of getting to the NFC Championship or even the Super Bowl. But there's to me, there's something that's not quite like it was last year about them. Um, and this is even watching the Vikings play them in totality in week two. Uh, and I think I've watched one or two of their other games and they're just not as crisp as they were last year. Their roster from head to toe is dripping with talent, mostly from the University of Georgia. Um, but right now, they still got a long way to go. What is it? Uh, let's see. They are 4-0, so they got 13 weeks to figure it all out. 13 games, I should say. But when I watch Jalen Hurts, certainly he's marvelous. He's mobile. He just doesn't quite feel like he belongs in that Mahomes territory, which I think everybody expects him to eventually join or they want him to join. Um, but I will I will reiterate, with all the talent the Eagles have, they feel like they're beatable. And if the Cowboys didn't have... <laughs> such shitty tendencies. I think the Cowboys could overtake them. Uh, but right now I would, if the NFC championship was today, I would, I would take the 49ers in a heartbeat almost no matter their quarterback over the Eagles, because something isn't quite right about them. We shall see if they turn it around. Jason, who's your first pretending team? That's four and three and one, or even two and two. Well, man, gosh, this is like Wes said, this is, this is tough to, 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 say right now and in years past i always have to just pretty much disregard the the first quarter of every season remember and i always get a reference this do you guys remember that that uh that year what was it we probably about five years ago when the bucks came out firing and fitzpatrick Mm was on taking those interviews just looked like conor mcgregor (laughs) just looked like a badass up there wearing antonio brown's 2017 or 2018, maybe yeah. 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so I, I try to disregard the first quarter of every season as best I can. Um, but speaking of those Buccaneers, I'm throwing them in there again. Yeah. Um, you know, especially after the guys, uh, the two teams you guys just mentioned, I figure might as well stick in the NFC here with that uh, three and one. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not seeing it there. I mean, now uh, 84 points is all they've mm-hmm. scored. Um, only allowed 68. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I, you know, I don't know. I'm going to have to see more out of Baker and company. Um, you know, and also I, you know, I, I I'm just going to throw, I want to throw, uh, this team in there as my contender and I'm just going to go with the Falcons. I, you know, I like those guys this year for some reason. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's Bijan Robinson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that, that guy's been raved about by Cody for months it seems like so i'm gonna i'm gonna hop on that train as well rightfully so um just an example the reason that i uh wanted to do this show with this criteria was last year you'll recall cody spent all 2022 off season telling us how good the jaguars are going to be and then they started two and six and on this show we walked it back we laughed at them we're like god yeah they haven't figured it out no no, but the first three weeks remember they were good no, no, they got good after that. They started two and sixth, and then then they barnstormed and they got to playoffs and came back on the Chargers. So we went through this up and down, um, thinking that they were going to be good. They weren't, but then they were. And so I wanted to try to identify the Jaguars of last year on this show this year, uh, because they certainly came out of the woodwork uh, to make something of the season. Uh, on the Buccaneers wins, uh, they beat the Vikings, they beat the Bears, and they beat the Saints. So that's uh, probably compared to the rest of the NFL. Those three wins would be near the bottom tier uh, in terms of like, ooh, look what you did. But uh, I don't think anybody expected them to be three and one. So kudos to them. But I'm with you, Jason. 
Uh, they might find a way to win that division. I just don't know if they have the oomph to hang with uh, the 49ers uh, or Eagles, Cowboys, or what have you. Yeah. All right. Uh, Wes, do you want to swing over to a contending bad team, or do you want to stick on the current theme? Uh, I will swing to a contending bad team. Okay. Oh, wait a second, though. Wait a second, yeah. though. I just had to double check. The Jags did start 2-1. and one. Okay, they did. And we were high on them at first. And then they went, then <laughs> then they fell all the way to two and six. Then they lost to the Broncos. Oh, yeah. Overseas. But they yeah. started hot, two and one. I remember yeah. that. And then we, they took us up, and then they took us back down, and then back up again. It was the most bizarre season ever. Yeah. All right. My fault. Yeah. Cause <laughs> I, re- I remember how many times. We laughed about it, and then Cody looked smart. Then Cody looked stupid, and then Cody yeah, because they smart. beat the Chargers. Tw- they beat the Chargers thirty-eight to ten, week three. <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, if if your team, uh, <laughs> and especially on this show, if your team gets to two and six, uh, anybody's anybody's team on this show <laughs> know that there is precedent. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yep. Uh, all right, Wes. So a uh, when I when we say contending bad team, we need we mean a team that has a two and two, one and three, or zero and four record. Go ahead. Yep. Uh, so this team has a two and two record, uh, which in itself isn't indicative of a bad team, uh, but just based on the pedigree of the last few years, they most definitely are uh, what one can consider a bad team. Uh, this team shipped off their uh their upcoming first round pick in the offseason uh to make a move in the draft that team is the Houston Texans led by head coach Demeco Ryans uh this team's 2 and 2 uh the whole AFC South is 2 and 2 um they l- currently lead the AFC South in point differential. They've scored 96 on the season and they've only allowed 79. Um Ryan's has done wonders with this defense. Uh he's got them playing hard. He's got them playing his San Francisco style that uh he ran for so many years over there. Um I'm cautioning people like this Houston Texans team, they're they're gonna have their uh their growing pains. Um as people get more film on CJ Stroud in this offense, you know, I, I expect some regression from Stroud. Uh but at the same time, I, I think the the way that this defense is going, they're gonna keep uh this team in a lot of games moving forward. And when you when you say regression, um, that's perfectly understandable. That's what rookies do. So if he shows up next week and throws three picks, no touchdowns, 120 yeah. yards, so what? That's life. Yeah, yep. yeah. he's got zero uh, INT so far <laughs> this year. <laughs> yeah. How many T- how many TDs he have? Does he have? Uh he's probably got around twelve. I would say twelve. No, because that would be leading league. Ten. I think it's I think it's nine or ten. Nine really? Or 10. Okay. No yeah. kidding. Yeah, man, I had no idea he was tearing it up that good. Oof, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. Uh, if I tried to uh, to say it to this group, I said it to somebody that we might have a. Yeah, I said it to this group. We might have a dog fight between him and Puka for offensive rookie of the year. And we, we tend to think that 
a quarterback always gets off in rookie of the year, but that's not true. We just remember when Justin Jefferson did not get it. We assumed that a quarterback always get it. That's not the case. Uh, I think that voters would have every reason to want to vote for Puka. My only concern for him is Cup comes back and steals half of his targets, which probably will happen because there is no bigger target hog than Cooper Cup. Uh, that was a long tangent. Uh, but yeah, the Texans, I think we, we at some point in this offseason, one of us said they could be good depending on Demeco because Demeco has the type of energy uh, that you you covet from a head coach. And lo and behold, in a, in a weak division, uh, they're doing the thing. And I, I don't think it's that grand of a surprise, especially for me, because in my quarterback rankings, I had always consistently had Stroud at number one, slightly over Bryce Young. And that's still a long way to go. Um, but... uh, six touchdowns for Stroud. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, 1,200 uh, yards. Yeah. 1,200 yards. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's lighting it up. Yep. Number four in that category. My first of, I believe I have two. Uh, my first, let's see, contending team uh, that, let's see. Yes, that is was considered bad or has a mediocre record is the Rams. I'm staying consistent with my message. I knew that Sean McVay wasn't going to feel the team of misfits just to go four and 13 or something like that. Lo and behold, especially if you play fantasy football, you figured out that Kyron Williams is a startable RB1. And then uh, out of nowhere, the aforementioned uh, Puka showed up and it looks like he's the real deal. Uh, he fell to the fifth round of the draft because he had a bad 40 time. So it's another cautionary huh. tale that just because a dude looks slow doesn't mean he can't translate to NFL success. So right there, you have two offensive weapons that we didn't even chat about at all during the summer. I had a feeling something like that would happen, and it did. And then on defense, Aaron Donald was always going to be in the middle, and that's an anchor. And then you have guys like Ernest Jones, Kobe Turner, Jonah Williams, Byron Young. The the, the dudes that we laughed at were like, nobody knows who any of these guys are. I knew that McVay wasn't just going to say, well, screw it. We're going to suck. That's not what he does. And he was even like <laughs> contemplating retirement. He's not coming back to go four and 13. <laughs> so uh, when I say contending, I mean, contending to probably get to the postseason. I had them as my seventh seed and I am not backing off that. Uh, we know Matthew Stafford is good, not elite, but he's good. And I think that this team is good enough to get a nine and eight or 10 and seven record and have some fun in the playoffs because that's what McVay does. And we owe it to McVay to believe in him, his track record. Uh, he's almost like Mike Tomlin. He never really has just an unbelievably shitty team. Uh, albeit what he's only been a coach for six, five, six years now. Uh, he's always got uh, a good product on the field and I trust the guy. Jason, your for, uh, let's see first contending team that some might consider mediocre or bad. Well, um, yeah, geez, you know, this is, uh, I'm looking at the entire AFC South. I don't know what people view them, them guys as right now. Uh, nationally. It, was it was supposed to be the Jaguars win the division at about probably yeah. 12 and five. And then the rest of them are just middling or seven and yeah. 10 or worse. Well, I mean, I, I think, so I, I guess I don't know what, so yeah, the Titans. Then mm -hmm. I mean, the Titans are the are tightening again, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. they're, they're they're doing the same thing, just yeah, like that they seem to be able to do every year. They had a great win last week. Um, you know, I I, I gotta I gotta go with those guys again, and until until they prove me otherwise, mm -hmm. and not win their division. 
then I'm not, I'm just going to, you might as well. And they're right in the thick of things right now. Obviously everybody in that division's two and two. So um, I don't know if anybody else views them that way, but according to you um, and most people I've listened to, the Jaguars were supposed to take this. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see. But I, you know, the Titans, I mean, they're great. They're, they're good coach, um, you know, Vrabel there. I, yeah. Let's, let's go with those guys. They are the embodiment of taking on the persona of a head coach. They're just gritty. Yeah. Uh, they don't have a lot of flashy personnel. Derrick Henry is feels like a lunch pal guy. Uh, Hopkins is doing okay. Uh, the defense, uh, I don't think most NFL fans could name more than two or three players on the defense. But they're they're always like if if they play the Eagles three weeks from now, you you can probably bet that game's going to be close, no matter where it is. Uh, yeah. they, they just do the variable thing where they're they're gritty, tough, competitive, and in the mix and. So long as he's coach, we've got to make a pact together, whether it's Will Levis at quarterback or Malik Willis or still Tannehill. We, we can't just count them out because he always finds a way to make them at least 500 or better. Incredible coach. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's he, if anybody deserves a, a, a <laughs> Super Bowl ring, it's that guy. <laughs> yeah, so they uh, uh, I, I believe this is Tannehill's contract year and they'll have to decide whether or not they go with Levis Willis or draft a third in three years um, because I think maybe they'll surprise us and go back with Tannehill. But I think that we're he's he's kind of like Kirk Cousins in the final year of his deal and they're not clear what they're going to do next to quarterback. Didn't they give him kind of a, a subpar deal too? I mean, it wasn't anything that had shock mm-hmm. value on it. I don't yeah. remember. It was but I mean, it was handsome for him. Yeah, but yeah, it was uh I, I hope for the Vikings sake, even though I'm I'm I guess I'm unsure whether or not I think Cousins will be back. I hope till we get to a point where uh, Mahomes and Burrow and whoever the third Josh Allen. I hope that those guys get the big 50, 55 million. And then the, the cousins, the cars, the Daniel Jones, if they could just all rest at, you know, 37 or 40, I, I wish that there was some deli- like, you know, delineation there because it seems like even like if uh, cousins next deal comes up, well, he's probably going to get 45 million. Uh, Daniel Jones last year got 40 last off season. I wish that we had a true blue pecking order because uh, it would ma- it would make things easier to to stomach. Like Matthew Stafford, yeah, he had the steam of the Super Bowl. He should probably be right at 37, 38, 39, 40. But if they get to the playoffs, he can probably get 47 and a half million. It's it's like it's always the resetting the market. Yeah, that we there needs to be a way that we can get to there. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody agrees with that. Yeah, it's just that the quarterback position is so premium that Daniel Jones really changed it. I don't it, it could be for the worse for quarterbacks going forward because when that guy got uh 4 years 160 million anybody with a pulse that guy threw 15 touchdowns last year. Yeah. And then Giants yeah. fans before this recent <laughs> downturn would be quick to tell me, well, he had eight rushing touchdowns. I'm like, ooh, 23 touchdowns altogether, yeah, baby. Yeah, Give him 40 million. <laughs> how, yeah, how many fumbles? Yeah. Oh man. I, that, that giants game, I was embarrassed that the Vikings lost them all over again after watching the giants look like complete imbeciles on Monday. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible how those guys, there's no, oh my God. And this yeah. is after Brian Dable won coach of the year, eight months ago, nine months ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So let's see, is that to uh, West? No, where are we at? Is this way back to us for a, uh, contending team with a no a pretending team 
with a decent or bad record? Uh, so whatever, pick... whatever one you want to do next. Uh, I will go with the Pittsburgh Steelers as a uh, their team at two and two, uh, who have hi- historically finished five hundred or better um, in the Mike Tomlin era, and I I see this team not as a contender, which some might view them as now, but as a pretender. Uh, their offense is atrocious until they do something <laughs> with uh, Matt Canada at the offense coordinator position. I don't think this team is one to be taken serious. Uh, their point differential, uh, they have 62 points for uh, versus 100 against. Um, I don't believe that defense is that bad to have allowed 100 points. I think a lot of that is offense driven and uh, just extended time on the field for that team. So um, this is a team that they have the talent, I believe. Um, they just need a little more continuity on offense to be able to do anything. So the we love on this show, I don't know if Jason does, but we love Mike Tomlin because of his Vikings roots. But at what point does he... Do we get done letting him coast on the stat, never have a losing record? They haven't won a postseason game since 2016. And, you know, that's seven years ago. And I don't know that uh, somebody outside of Pittsburgh, a casual NFL fan, would know that. Like, does does he just, there's this undying loyalty to Matt Canada, which is the new buzzword around the NFL. Like, Like, at what point would a Steelers fan, like most of them, become frustrated that, Oh, going great. We're going to finish nine and eight so we can keep the streak alive. <laughs> when, when, yeah. is that, when does that become a thing? Well, that's an incredible question because it's not like he stepped in and took over for an awful team. You know, they were properly coached for decades. Every coach that they've had, I mean, <laughs> Collar and I mean, they, they've always done well. All the coaches have done su- successfully there for the most part. So yeah, I don't know. He's almost get he's almost getting that uh, that one guy. Um, what was it uh, Cincinnati's old coach, Marvin Lewis? Yeah, <laughs> he's almost turning into that guy. Yeah, Marvin Lewis <laughs> with a Super Bowl. As, as a fan, you'd think, man, this has got to be frustrating. I mean, I don't know. What did did Tomlin? Yeah, Tomlin won it. What like in his third season, Wes? Against the Cardinals? I believe so yeah, in like two thousand eight. Yeah. I think it was his second or third season after leaving the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. The Steelers. I go up and down because I think if I was forced to pick a team outside of the Vikings that I've always respected, well, I certainly respect them. But I will sit down and be like, "Oh, hey, the Steelers are playing the blah blah blahs." I usually cheer for the Steelers because I'm like Tomlin. Um, but I, I don't understand this this Matt Canada thing. Why why they just stubbornly cling to him? It's not like it's oh, you know, he was hired last year, hasn't worked out. This guy's been there for a long time, and it's right. it's the same shit over and over. So uh, <laughs> my uh, team that has a decent record, it's two and two that I I don't think is good at all. Close your ears, Jason. Is the Falcons? You mentioned them earlier. Uh, my beef with them is that they have Kyle Pitts and Drake London, and they don't even they don't even bother to use them. 
and they, <laughs> they just trot yeah. out Janu Smith and like, Hey, we got Janu Smith. And it's like, really? Like, I understand <laughs> you might have a little different outlook on life and stuff, but you got to <laughs> cater to your playmakers and they're two and two. I'm sure if you're a Falcons fan, you think that's better than nothing. Um, but they, they run the ball well because they have Bijan Robinson and I will not have any slander on Bijan in this little speech, but they did run it good last year too. Yeah. <laughs> And then the the defense, uh, the rush defense is decent. The pass defense is not. And I, I feel at two and two that they are a quintessential pretender. And I think there's even some underlying rumbling that Taylor Heineke might be a better option than Desmond Ritter. And that shouldn't surprise anybody because Desmond Ritter is not an overly hot commodity. We thought because he had these targets like Kyle Pitts and Drake London, he he could feast, but they don't even bother throwing to those guys. So it's like you don't even know if Ritter's any good because the, they don't play call to throw to their best players. It's moronic. <laughs> so I will not at all believe uh, in the Falcons making any noise or getting a wild card playoff berth. And if they if they can, if they get bad, like I think they're about to, I hope that if they get a good quarterback, whether it's Shadur Sanders or Drake May or somebody, that they get a different head coach who says, like, you know what? Here, we throw it to the good players. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because they really just don't. And any Kyle Pitts fantasy manager on the planet will know what you're, know what I'm talking about right here. Oh, yeah. I mean, you saw what I tweeted, right? <laughs> <laughs> How Atlanta Falcons would it be to have a top 10 pick next year, <laughs> draft a quarterback, and instead of letting that quarterback pass, have uh, 80% of the play calls be uh, wildcat formation <laughs> to Cordell Patterson? Oh, geez. Yeah, and it, it just doesn't – it's not like it – it's not like Kyle Pitts is a maybe weapon. Like, oh, he he he'll burst out in a start. He's ready. Go put yeah. him on the Chiefs' offense. Go put him in pretty much any offense. Throw him the ball, and he's gonna do the thing. And Drake London isn't quite there, but Drake London's damn good. And it's like you see it in little spurts. Like, oh, hey, you shouldn't have like a big like celebration when Kyle Pitts gets thrown the ball. It should be targets, multiple targets. You shouldn't be watching a Falcons game and be like, oh, look, they threw it to Pitts. That, that, that shouldn't be like a big deal. It's like me watching the guys Vikings. like that deserve like 15 targets a I game. Mean. Like last year, watching the Vikings defense, when they allowed a running back to get four yards, I was like, yeah, second and six, baby. And that was good news. <laughs> That's yeah. how I used to react. Now I think Falcons watch the game and they're like, hey, they threw it to Pitts over there. <laughs> like th that shouldn't be the feeling, especially. And it's not like the guy is. Like some sixth round draft pick that we think is good, nobody else is. Oh, no, he's supposed to be the best tight end there's ever been coming out of college, and they don't even fucking use him. It's just stupid and mystified. Yeah, and, and this is even more than a fantasy rant. It's that if you want to be good, and Arthur Smith wants to stay in the league, you're not going to hurt anything by throwing it to Kyle Pitts. Just release Janu Smith. He's he's in the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, God, you know it's just it's baffling when. They Things like that happen and occur as fans. And everybody says, oh, yeah, shut up, armchair quarterback. Mm -hmm. No, it has nothing to do with that. Anybody could get in there, call the right plays to get this damn guy the ball. Yeah, they just they use them as like like a TE2. They use them yeah. like, all right, go out there and block. And it's like, I get that that's part of the game. But how can on. everybody but the one calling these plays <laughs> Be aware of it. Yeah. That's what I've I've always wondered. Somebody needs to step in and say, look, 
do that. Oh, oh my man. God. Oh. All right, so that is my pretending team with a decent or good record. What is your next one, Jason? Oh, my next one, man. You guys are gonna you guys are gonna hate this one. <laughs> and 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 this may this this, this is uh oh man, this this is gonna get oh. The Dolphins, the Dolphins. Oh, yeah. How about those Dolphins? They finally, they picked on somebody their own size last <laughs> week and got freaking schlacked. Oh my God, nothing made me happier. But, but mainly though, is, you know, I don't, what I saw them do against Denver was just, well, or I shouldn't say what I saw them do. I didn't watch the game, uh, <laughs> thankfully. Um, but, uh, was incredible. I mean, those guys are so fast and so quick and, and it looks so electric, but you know what? It, it looked that way last year too, mm-hmm. um, for the first half of the year. And so if they can sustain it and keep it together all year, you know, I got to see it to believe it. They've already proved that they, you know, going up against the heavyweight bills, um, that they, that they, they still got a little bit of work to do. So, um, I think that uh, the three and one record right now is is well misleading. Yeah, um, I, they, I, they 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 definitely deserve it because mm-hmm. they've been electric. But but again, though, they were that exact same way last year. And last year we started getting paranoid at, at about week twelve that they were going to have to play cold weather opponents. And I think we've shifted that they need some signature wins. Like they needed to either lose to the bills by a field goal, but in their defense though, they played really good in that playoff game um, against, I think it was the bills. Yeah. Uh, and they did, they did play good to open the game yeah. against the bills. They, yeah. they were ahead by like two touchdowns. Weren't they at one point? Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. But. I can't remember. Um, but I do think that either between now and the postseason, certainly when the, I think they'll definitely get to postseason. Um, they need to prove that they belong, certainly with the Chiefs. Who knows what's going to happen to the Bengals? Ravens look like they're going to be good. The Bills already beat their ass. So they need to start stockpiling those because it's fun for a week when they beat up on a team that isn't quite in their caliber, but it's a big turnoff and buzzkill when you, you get all excited. Hey, they're going to score 50 against the Bills, and then, it, then it's nothing of the sort. Then the Bills end up scoring 50. <laughs> Like man, uh, so, all right. That that did make me happy after what they did to my yeah, team. little karma. And uh, don't give me that shit about we're not out to humiliate teams. <laughs> I mean, you guys were exactly that, doing exactly that. And I wish they would have gotten the record against Denver. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, Wes, this would be your final contending team, but it has a mediocre or bad record. Ah. Uh. I I got to be a homer. I got to go with yeah. the Minnesota Vikings. I thought about uh, putting them on there. They they're a team that they shot themselves in the foot to begin the season. Um, if they if they had one less turnover in each game, I think that they would have at least emerged with a two and one record in mm-hmm. those first three games. Just one less, and they had three in each game at least. Um, so just one less turnover. I, I feel that they would be a three and one team and the talk would be a lot different around them. Uh, that's not the case. Uh, they lost, uh, two of those three at home. Uh, they face a chiefs team that, you know, super bowl champs, uh, they face them at home. Uh, the fear is that they go zero and three at home, which is 
kind of unheard of for a a team that wants to be taken seriously for uh, playoff contention. So um, this game is, in my eyes, is critical for them. Um, they need to come in focused. Uh, they need to hopefully take advantage of a Chiefs team that didn't really look that good last weekend. Um, I'm hoping, I'm thankful that they won so that we didn't get an incredibly focused Chiefs team. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I just hope that their lack of focus last week uh, isn't corrected this week to where, you know, they come in focused and ready because I, I think they went into New York and took the Jets a little likely and they, they almost got caught. Where I'm at with the Vikings after a lot of deliberation uh, is it's really strange to me that PFF has them ranked as the ninth best football team based on grades. And then if you look at Ben Baldwin's metric where uh, you magically subtract turnovers right there on the chart, they're right there with the bills about how good they are. And so it gives me hope as a fan foremost that, God, if they can just become a team that has a normal amount of turnovers, they're going to be good. And they're probably going to challenge the Lions for a division crown, even at one and three right now. But then I'm paranoid with the with the Bill Parcells adage that you're you are what your record says you are. And why do I think they're going to fix the turnover problem all of a sudden? They should have done that in week two. They haven't <laughs> done it yet. So that's where I'm paranoid is if I keep telling the world like, oh, if they just fix these fumbles, they're going to be fine. Well, you have to fix the fumbles to be fine. And I don't know that they will. It just and they, they the Vikings actually had a uh not a lot of turnovers, but they were right in the middle of the league last year. So it's not like they were at the top and, you know, they, they protected the ball wonderfully in 2022. They just forced a lot more turnovers last year. So at the light at the end of the tunnel, I agree with Wes that they can probably uh, nip the bumble bug in the bud and then be a team that now in a one and three hole finishes 10 and seven or so, but they got to sudden, they got to figure out a day when they're going to be done fumbling. And that day has not come yet. They threw two picks last week, almost bungled it to the Panthers, but had some opportunistic defense. My other team that is mediocre or bad record right now that I think will gradually get better and be a contender is the Browns. And I don't say this because I'm a Deshaun Watson fan, but the Cleveland Browns defense is magnificent. Um, It didn't look a great against the Ravens. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with the, the Dorian Thompson Robinson led three and outs. Uh, But if you looked at last week, like I did, DVOA and EPA per play, the advanced metrics, the Browns were on top for both of them. And if they have that defense going, I trust Deshaun Watson on the football field to mature and get better and Kevin Stefanski. So I think when Deshaun is back and uh, I think that they are good enough to find a way to get past the Steelers and maybe in that sixth or seventh AFC range. It'll be really interesting to see between now and the rest of time if Deshaun Watson ever regains his Texans form, because right now he's got the defense just ready to come along for the party. Uh, Jason, your final one, a team with a mediocre or bad record that you still feel is a contender. Yep. And I am also going to be a homer here. Check this out. (laughs) I'm going to I'm going to say the Broncos here. And let me tell you why. Um, So. Yeah, they they beat the Bears, the only other team in football worse than them. But you know what that did? Uh, We wouldn't have beat them Bears had it not been for our lowly defense, right? The defense actually won that game um, and created that sack fumble 
which was just the most incredible thing that I've seen this year in football so far. Um, and then they ended up picking off fields at the end to, to, to close it down. Their defense has been so bad, so bad. <laughs> you, you, top five unit la- a year ago, all the way to dead last. They, You know what? They could have moved back 10 spots and still been fine because their offense is fixed. Their offense is good. Again, top 10 unit. Russ is doing his thing. Um, their defense fell off so bad, but if they can turn it around and they can somehow squeak out a, a good game against the jets and take home a win at home when they're wearing their white capped helmets, <laughs> God, those helmets are sexy. Uh, and bring us to two and three, they will go into Kansas city on a two game heater. And the last time that the Broncos were anywhere close. Now they played the chiefs close a lot over the last several years. Haven't won in eight, eight years. It's been, <laughs> um, but the, the, the last time where they almost did was when Vance Joseph coached, coached the team <laughs> and Case Keenum was the quarterback. He just missed a wide open Demarius oh, Thompson in the end zone. Game. Yeah. So um, is Vance Joseph's defense this bad? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, but maybe some things will change if they can just get that defense just a little bit better, like maybe, you know, a lot better you know, get them up to 20 or I don't know, but their offense is where it needs to be. They've scored over 30 points twice this year. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, it's finally good to watch offensive football. They got some good rookies <laughs> over there and, uh, but their defense, yeah, God, but I think that they can, I don't know how any professional defense can be this bad, mm-hmm. but like you, but they got to show me, they got to show me. They just got to fix it. That's the, uh, only thing that I would be paranoid about from the Broncos is Sean Payton has a documented history of fixing offenses or making them tick. While if you look at like, I think it's 2013 to 2016, the saints defense was like putrid always ranked 31st and they always went seven and nine. So as much as we say like, Oh, Sean Payton's in town, the offense is going to be fine. That's happening. Uh, but there is no precedent for suddenly fixing a defense. And in fact, when his defenses are bad, they just kind of get to keep bad for a couple of years until they hit on a couple draft picks. So uh, the the thing with the Broncos was the personnel was supposed to speak for itself, or at least I thought I thought, well, they got enough guys on defense because they've been inherited from these uh, from the Fangio area and, and even the Joseph era. But evidently, um, <laughs> it certainly didn't pan up against the Dolphins. No, not against the Dolphins. And it's not against anybody, really, for that matter. Yeah. Um, it's been tough to watch. But, uh, you know, I, I, I got to believe that as a as a coach in the league, you have to make some adjustments. It looked like some adjustments were made in the second half of that game. Uh, I was pleased to see them. And again, we wouldn't have won it if it wasn't for the defense. And I think that that, that may have done something that no coaching can do and that might have actually instilled some confidence in the guys which i think that they were lacking big time when you lack confidence you 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 basically are useless to anybody yeah you know so and i don't think they have up to look at the depth chart again but in the summer when i was looking at them they don't have just a bunch of buffoons on defense it's not like like oh we got a seventh round or three of them starting no they they have the guys and that's why it was so it's been so weird for these yeah, well, they're getting a lot of guys back from injury this week yeah. too, so that'll that that should help. But uh, yeah. you know, we'll wait and see. And I, you know, if but if they can get this one against the Jets, I'm going to feel pretty good going down to Kansas City to watch the game 
Thursday night, next yeah, Thursday. And this is that Jets game that was supposed to be the game after all the feuding, and then it's just kind of a whimper now, at least for the Jets' sake. All right, well, Jen. Uh, Sean Payton will be uh, across the <laughs> sidelines from uh, Nathaniel Hackett, so they can both talk about how bad their coaching's been. <laughs> That's right. All right, gentlemen, uh, we should be back full screen next week with Cody. I'll pick your brains for a topic of the week, but that's all we got. We'll talk to you in seven days. Good night, guys. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.